Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Welcome to a brand new edition of Two Out of Three Falls Podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network, which you can find on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Cruise Control Podcast Network now on YouTube, presented by Red Bull. As always, I'm joined by Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report and Fan Sided Daily DDT. Graham Matthews, my man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself, brother? Doing good, man. Can't complain. We had the uh, the draft, day one of the draft. Uh, we got a one-year anniversary for AEW. Uh, we got a Hell in a Cell coming up in about two weeks or so. I think two weeks from tomorrow. So some matches have already been announced. Um, so, you know, everybody's wondering who's going where for the draft, what surprises are in store. We got a few of them. I'm not going to go through every single uh selection but mm-hmm. um just from overall before we get before we get get into the the notables overall what was your your um your feedback from night one of the draft i feel like there's always a lot of polarizing reaction from fans when it comes to the draft as far as like oh there weren't a lot of surprises or it wasn't done well blah 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 right. um, i could certainly see that last year i thought last year with the reactions from the fox exe- from the fox executives and the usa executives backstage like mm-hmm. for example the the uh, usa network executives quote unquote freaking out over getting natalia who gives a fuck about getting Natalia <laughs> on your show? You know what I mean? So thank God they get rid of that campy garbage. I thought that was so stupid. Um, they're not even adhering to their own rules. I mean, they're changing the pools up. I think Elias was eligible to be drafted last night. They moved him to Monday. Miz and Morrison, I guess. I don't pay too much attention to the, to the uh, pools and whatnot. But right. I guess Miz and Morrison were in the pool for Monday, but got thrown into the pool last night anyway. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But on the whole, though, nitpicking aside, um, and that stuff does matter. But I thought overall I liked it. Um, I thought the first round was perfect. I definitely had some issues with the later rounds. Um, for example, why would you pick a Dana Brooke before a Murphy? Murphy went undrafted until today. They actually had a supplemental round on Talking Smack this morning. Uh, Murphy got drafted. Kalisto... Um, Tucker of Heavy Machinery, they're splitting them up. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the New Day was obviously the biggest development of all. Right. Um, Rollins moving to SmackDown was a pretty big, was a pretty big move. Just be, we'll we'll get into it the uh, specifics in a moment. Mm-hmm. Rollins moving was notable since he's been on Raw since day one um, of the draft four years ago. The New Day have moved, or at least portion of the New Day, so they're split up. That's notable. Um, but overall, I liked it. They only did four rounds on TV last night. Um, some people may argue, and I completely agree, this person should to move before that person and blah 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 um but other than that i like the layout i like the moves they can't move everybody 
for example, Roman staying on SmackDown was not shocking. Right, of course. Drew staying on Raw with the WWE Championship was not shocking. But the thing is, is that they shouldn't have moved. Mm -hmm. So, like, I saw some people say, oh, it was kind of uneventful because they didn't move a lot of people. Right. And I beg to differ. They moved the New Day. That was pretty notable. AJ Styles back on Raw trying to escape Paul Heyman, which is hilarious. (laughs) Um, You know, Bianca Belair and Naomi switching shows. That's notable. That's a nice shakeup for the women's divisions. Mm -hmm. Uh, They broke up Heavy Machinery, which was stupid, but they did that. Um, There were a lot of other people that, you know, obviously Rollins being on SmackDown. So there were a lot of notable moves that they made that I thought were uh, interesting. And they didn't shake up the rosters too much because they could very easily draft everyone to the other show. Then at that point, Raw becomes SmackDown and SmackDown becomes Raw. And they've done that before and it makes absolutely no sense. So I like the moves they made. I like the execution overall. I'm hoping night two will be as good as night one. You know, it's funny when you mentioned, you know, AJ was trying to get away from Paul Heyman. I'm pretty sure Seth Rollins wanted to get away from the Mysterios. But, you know, unfortunately, that did not happen for him. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So Rollins going to SmackDown. I'm like, oh, man, not only is this cool that we get to see the Monday Night Messiah Mm. on SmackDown as the SmackDown savior, as he's now called calling himself, which is, it is what it is. Right. I think even better than that was the idea, oh, thank God they're ending the Rey Mysterio stuff. It's been going on since May. Mm-hmm. It's October. Exactly. It's been five months. And yeah. listen, I, I, I've mentioned this to you before, Randy. I like lengthy feuds if they make sense. The feud died to death. I would, I, I would say it peaked at SummerSlam or maybe even a payback mm-hmm. with Dominic and Rollins or the Dominic and Ray versus Murphy and Rollins tag team match. Great matches, but the feud has offered nothing of note since then. Rollins' invol- involvement has been stupid. Mm-hmm. The whole Murphy, Elias stuff, I'm not a fan of at all. Um, but of course, they have to draft the Mysterio family to SmackDown. And we found out this morning, Murphy's going to SmackDown too. So literally, they're taking the entire Mysterio family drama bullshit with Ray, Dominic, Rollins, Murphy, and probably Aaliyah and the mom from Raw to, to Smackdown. Smackdown. Wow. The whole purpose of the draft should be to split these people up, not just put everyone back on the same show. Exactly. I thought that was incredibly dumb. Um, I, yeah, I, I did notice that obviously the, the, the champions stayed on their, on their shows, except for now, and we'll get to it, the New Day are the new SmackDown tag champions. They're mm-hmm. now on Raw. So obviously, in my head and probably in your head, you're thinking... The Raw Tag Champions, Street Profits, are going to go to SmackDown, and somehow, some way, they might go into a unification match, which is probably the only logical thing I would see happening. So, uh, before we get before we get into the whole New Day thing, were you surprised that the New Day are once again tag team champions? Yeah. So the whole New Day thing. I'm of two minds on this. The pros and the cons of the whole New Day thing. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that they're back. It kind of came across a little uneventful because Kofi's been out for a few months. He's been out since July. Right. Xavier's been out for over a fucking year, dude. He got injured over a year ago. Mm -hmm. And then he just kind of strolls right back in in a backstage segment. It's like, okay, like, is he cleared now? And then they announced the tag team title match. So I thought they could have done a better job of making that a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. It should be a really big deal to have Xavier back on the show because he's been gone for so long now. Like the Ember Moon return, for example. Right. I know that's NXT. She was out for a year. They built that up. She came back on Sunday. Felt like a very special moment. Xavier showed up in a fucking backstage segment. I thought that was stupid. Uh, like Lars Sullivan, for example. They gave a bigger return to Lars Sullivan than they did yeah, Xavier right? Wood. That was Whatever. Um, yeah, so I, I have my own opinion on that as well. But um, with the New Day... Why would they get a tag title shot? This guy has been injured for a year. 
We don't get rematches anymore. I know Biggie and Kofi never went back for the belts after they lost them to Cesaro Nakamura at Extreme Rules in July. Mm -hmm. But you don't get automatic rematches anymore. And plus, that was three months ago. Right. So why would they just get a random title shot? And then they won. And then they get drafted. It, it's just a mess. So I actually like the idea of the New Day going on separate shows. It was rumored about a month ago from the at WrestleVotes account. Um, they're actually pretty pretty credible, more often than not. And they hinted at, on early Friday morning, they, they quote tweeted that tweet from a month ago about the New Day and put a Vince gif attached to it, something, and okay, maybe they're going back to that idea after all. Because mm -hmm. in, in that initial tweet, he indicated that the deal was off the table. It wasn't going to happen. I have to assume, and I talked to Biggie a couple of months ago, he made it very clear that the New Day will never break up. And I don't see this as a breakup. It's not like Biggie no. went off on Kofi or Xavier. Exactly. It's not a breakup. They'll just be on separate shows yeah. now. Separate. I think that's great. We can only see so many New Day six-man tag team matches. Kofi and Xavier can do their thing in the tag team division or even in singles, whatever. It's time for Big E to shine on his own. I don't think he's going to get the full singles push. And I guess, I guess Kofi won the WWE title with the New Day. But I think... With Biggie, he's got to do it on his own. I think SmackDown's the right platform for him. I like him being on a separate show from Kofi and Xavier. I like that a lot. The logic that Raw... So the way this was done was incredibly stupid. Mm -hmm. So Raw gets Kofi and Xavier. Why wouldn't Raw, if they get the first pick of that round, why wouldn't they pick Biggie too? Do they not give a fuck about Biggie? Like I thought that was really stupid. And when they make the picks too... I, I guess the logic is that they make the picks in between rounds. So I guess maybe they thought, you know, maybe Kofi and Xavier win the tag titles. That's why we want them on Raw. But why wouldn't you draft the whole New Day if they are eligible to be drafted as a unit? Mm -hmm. And then SmackDown's like, oh, we'll just take Big E on his own. Why wouldn't either brand want either, you know, want all three guys on their show? I thought right. they haven't explained that. They probably won't explain it. Whatever. Um, but on the whole, though, I do like New Day going to separate shows. That might not be a popular opinion, but I do think it could benefit everyone involved. Uh, yeah. Getting the tag titles for the millionth time, who gives a fuck? But I, I actually do like them being on separate shows, though. Yeah, because earlier, um, the Hurt Business was selected as a whole. So, again, people are going to say, well, if you take all four of these guys at one time, then how come you don't take the New Day? But I think for me, with like there's no on-air GM for SmackDown mm -hmm. or Raw. So they can't really say, have like a backstage interview asking a, a Stephanie or Shane, like, hey, listen, why did you take Big E and not, not Kofi or, and Xavier or vice versa? There's nobody yeah. to, to, to answer that. So when you, when they win the tag titles and then Steph says, all right, Raw selects Kofi and Xavier, because now, mm. now, now they're tag team champions. Maybe that's the, that's the little twist. They picked it because they're the tag team champions. And my thing is, then it looks Big E, it makes Big E look a little, little weird or stupid because they got picked first over Big E. Exactly, yeah. If you're going to do the that. Raw could have picked them all yeah. together. That's the thing. If, if so they they, they could have done SmackDown, picked Big E, and then have this thing, oh, okay, maybe on that next election, they might pick Kofi and Xavier. That would have made more Raw sense. picked them first. It, that would have made way more sense. But even then, that's a little questionable because still, why wouldn't SmackDown want all three if they can get all three? The fact they went in the fourth round is kind of stupid when you consider that these this is one of the greatest factions of all time, definitely mm -hmm. of the modern era. Right. One of the greatest tag teams they have in either division right now. Why the fuck would they go in the fourth round under, uh, God, I don't even know, Mandy Rose? Dana Brooke came after, I think. But like, they were after, like, listen, I like Naomi, I like Bianca. Why would they go ahead 
of the of the new day in round four. Like this again, it, it, I know it's nitpicking, but if you were supposed to take this thing seriously, I know it was the timing of the show. They had the tag team title match later on in the show. The whole thing felt incredibly rushed. So I don't know. I just thought it was bizarre. Um, they have to explain it again. They won't. Totally no. agree with you, Randy. This is why we need GMs. I never thought yeah. I would say that because the GMs on the shows would always be on the fucking shows. Like when Stephanie and Shane were running the shows a couple of years ago, they were on every episode exactly. and it was terrible. It was terrible. But that being said, it makes sense for stuff like this. Stephanie making the picks, okay, but then like who's coordinating the picks? Who's, said who's WWE there officials. to explain why they're picking these people? So, hey, exactly, Stephanie, yeah. why did you pick XYZ at fifth? Well, because I felt he or she was the best person, something to make it more real. You can't just say, all right, Raw selects. Who 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 is selecting for Raw? Who picks for SmackDown? I have no mm-hmm. idea. So, yeah. when they get picked, it's like, all right, now I'm going, to, I'm going to this show. For me, as a fan, and a lot of fans on Twitter were like, oh my God, I feel heartbroken and this is sad and I'm like, they're going to be on separate shows. It's not like, like you said, it, it wasn't like Biggie turn on Kofi or Xavier. Or Which like, they shouldn't have like any turn right, heel yeah. or whatever. It just, all right, they're going on separate shows. And, and, and yeah. that's what it is. And now, so everybody everybody has been wanting this Biggie singles run. He can't do that if I feel he can't do that if the New Day are still on the same show. So me and you talk about when is Biggie going to be champion? Is it going to be... Uh, 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 a WrestleMania spot with Roman Reigns or before mm-hmm. that or, or, or after that. Now we have a chance to, to see the full potential of Biggie as a, a, a single star, which we haven't seen in a while because New Day and him has been t- has been together for what five six years already. Six so like, years now, yeah. yeah. And, and they always been majority of the time they've been uh, good guys. So it's like, all right, let's try something different. You bring. I would assume you bring Street Profits over from Raw to SmackDown. You do uh, a, a unification match for for the tag uh, championship. And then again, if they do that and New Day wins, you might have New Day defend on both shows anyway. So I don't exactly. I don't see yeah. what the big it might be deal the current was. plan actually. I don't see the big deal. Um, you know, then you see Biggie's face when you know he did not get selected because Xavier was like, "Yo, say Biggie next, say Biggie next." They did not even um, earlier when Biggie won the match against Sheamus and like you see his face wasn't like too happy or too thrilled to see the new uh, Kofi and, and Xavier there anyway so they might be plotting something for the future so my, my bottom line is the new day had to be separated they did not break up We'll see what happens. I think seeing Kofi and Xavier on Raw could be way different than SmackDown. I think a lot of these guys have been on the same shows for so long. It's like, all right, everybody needs a new breath of fresh air, new talent, new everything. So I have no problem with, with the New Day being separated and not not broken up. No, I totally agree. I think with um with the New Day, I think they're definitely better off on separate shows right now just because, like you said, they've been on SmackDown as a unit for three and a half years. They were right. selected by Raw in the initial draft four years ago, went to SmackDown in the Superstar Shake-Up in April of 2017. It's October 2020. So they won those titles a million times over. I don't know what the tag title situation is like. As you mentioned, this probably means the Street Profits go to SmackDown. I really hope they just don't swap the tag team divisions because I'm getting that sense is what they're doing because they put Miz and Morrison on Raw. Right. The New Day are on Raw. Mm-hmm. The Lucha House Party in the supplemental draft earlier today, Kalisto's staying on SmackDown. Again, why wouldn't SmackDown just take the entire Lucha House Party? Why would they just want Kalisto? 
That doesn't make any sense. So I assume the other guys go to Raw, Graham Metallic and Lindsay Dorado. And that's another SmackDown tag team on Raw. I wouldn't just swap the divisions. The whole point of the draft is to create fresh matchups. I don't want to see Miz and Morrison versus the Lucha House Party on Raw instead of on SmackDown. That just, mm. it just kind of defeats the purpose. Um, another interesting thing to note, though, is that I was thinking about this the other day, and I this might be what they're going for. Mm. So WWE very rarely, if ever, separates couples in the draft, especially people that are definitely married. Usually they're dating, it's hit or miss, but like, for example, I doubt we see Carmella go to Raw if Corey Graves if Corey Graves is still doing SmackDown commentary. Right. They wouldn't separate. I know Becky's pregnant, but when Becky comes back, if she comes back, she'll probably be on SmackDown with Seth. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a given. But uh, yeah. So anyway, I with now that all the shows are at the Thunderdome, they're all in the same place and they're not traveling right now, which might change at some point. They're not traveling. They might be more willing to put couples on different shows. Mm-hmm. For example, like the Street Profits may stay put on Raw, but Bianca, who's Montez Ford's uh, Montez Ford's wife, right. might be on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Or for example, Jimmy Uso wasn't drafted last night. He's out her for a couple more months. He might come back to SmackDown with his brother. That's an interesting situation. His wife Naomi's on Raw, but his brother is on SmackDown. So they could always, it's fucking WWE. They could always put people on the opposite show if they want to. They diminish the brand split rules constantly. So what would this really change anything? But that'll be interesting to follow. But yeah, with the New Day, I like it. They look legitimately shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking to Kevin Owens, he even mentioned, and this is really no secret, Jim Ross has said this a bunch of times, that they don't tell you who's going where until we see it happen on TV. Owens himself has said that. Jim right. Ross said that. That was pretty evident last night. You mentioned the Biggie not being too happy to see Kofi and Xavier. I noticed that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he knew at that point that they were getting split up. I doubt it because, again, I feel like, you know, they, they were happy, but he wasn't. So it's not like they were all somber and because they knew they were about to be split up. I don't know what that was yeah. about. I just think it was because Biggie was beat up earlier in the show by Sheamus and they had that hardcore false can anymore match, which is why he wasn't like over the top about it um, and seeing his buddies again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I liked it. So the reaction from Biggie, the guy was on like the verge of tears. Um, <laughs> when the guy drafted. So I right. liked the real emotion. If they don't tell these people about the draft moves before we actually see it on TV, that's pretty shitty. Because, yeah, it makes for better TV, but at the same time, it's pretty shitty for them to not know ahead of time. And we find out along with them right there in the moment. So, yeah, they've always I- done it. They, they want the raw, real, you know, instantaneous, in, in, you know, instantaneous reaction. Exactly. Um, but. You know, I, I just think that's pretty shitty. But other than that, I like the whole thing, though, for and, the most and, part. And like you mentioned, they're in the same building. It's not like Kofi and Xavier are going into to LA and Big E got a show in, in like Florida. They just they're they're mm-hmm. the same. I mean, uh, in New York, they're in the same building. So, on for for a certain time, you never know. They might go back to the to the arenas at at some point in time. But, um, it don't you know it 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 it, it, it matter to me. Um, I didn't see it that way. I'm like, all right, I think it's a new opportunity for all three of them, and we'll see what uh where that goes. Uh, Seth going to SmackDown was pretty cool. Um, seeing him, I think he was on Raw for like it felt like a decade. <laughs> he felt like on, I know. Well, long. he's technically been on Raw since he debuted in 2012, but wow. like officially on Raw since they brought back the draft 2016. Which was four and a half years so ago. Four so years of Seth on Raw. It's a long time. Um, but now he goes to SmackDown and we're thinking like, yeah, he's away from Ray and Dominic and those guys. And <laughs> nope. They get drafted to to SmackDown. 
Uh, <sighs> I'm pretty sure they, they, they're going to continue this uh, this rivalry for a certain amount of time. I guess when when that is done, you know who 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 on SmackDown you see uh, in the pathway uh, for Seth Rollins going forward. I think for both guys, Rollins and Ray, who I'm most excited to see them interact with, no, you know, no surprise to you, but Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Ray, because Ray and Roman, I don't think I've ever had a one on one match. They've, you know, interacted in like Survivor Series matches, tag team matches, six mans, whatever. Right. Never one on one, I don't think. That could be a lot of fun. I know Ray is, you know, beaten down more than he was 10, 15 years ago, um, but he could still go in there and have a good match. Him bumping around for Roman could be a lot of fun to heal Roman versus, you know, ultimate babyface Ray Mysterio. That could be great. Rollins and Rowan, uh, Roman at some point is going to be very interesting now that they're both heels again. We're not getting the fucking shield because they're two totally different characters. Um, you know, uh, Rollins is doing the whole Messiah thing and right. Roman's the tribal chief. So they could forge an alliance. Mm. I don't even see that happening. I don't really see where Rollins fits into the whole tribal chief thing. Um, so I think at some point when Rollins goes back to being a babyface, which you know is inevitable, it may not happen now, it may not happen in six months, mm-hmm. I would give him some more time as a heel because he's still doing really well in that role. When it happens a year or two from now, and even by that point, they might be on separate shows, that babyface Rollins versus heel Roman feud, which we've never gotten before, mm-hmm. is going to be fucking awesome. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, based off what we know about the roster so far, there's still a lot of people that we don't know where they're going. Braun, Jeff Hardy, um, you know, Daniel Bryan, we're going to yeah. find out on Monday as well. AJ, we know is on raw mm-hmm. SmackDown. I'm trying to think who else they got that. I heard you know, Bray, I Bray, Bray might be, might be going, going to raw. raw. Might be, might be. Yeah. So you like that, you like that move. If it happens, as long as Alexa bliss is with them. I mean, they've been, they fucking closed the show with them last night. So if they switch shows mm-hmm. and they don't put Bray with Alexa, that's incredibly stupid. Right. And this company does a lot of dumb things. So I wouldn't be surprised, but mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. Um, Yo, help me yeah, out. Th- uh, help me out real quick. Was, was, was Bailey picked yet or no? No, no. Cause she's in the pool for Monday. So, Oh, yeah, I feel like last night was all about building the women's division because okay. we found out SmackDown got like Bianca, they got uh, Naomi went to Raw, Sasha Banks is still on SmackDown, which mm-hmm. is notable. I thought they might move her and Bailey. I'm glad they're not. Like Raw could select Bailey on Monday, and I really hope they don't. I know they're doing their match at Hell in a Cell. I, I don't. They, I think they've been doing great work on SmackDown. You can have them on the same show but not interact. Right. So I want to see that happen. Maybe they can move one of them back to Raw next year, but. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm trying to think of all SmackDown got that would like, you know, Ray and Dominic at some point as a tag team and, and the tag team title picture could be a lot of fun versus like, I don't, even know what I, I don't even know what tag team SmackDown has at this point. They lost Heavy Machinery. They lost Miz and Morrison. They lost fucking uh, um, Lucha House Party. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe the Forgotten Sons. Like, I'm not exactly sure if they come back at some point. Oh, boy. Yeah, we, we got to <laughs> see what happens on Monday. I'm yeah. thinking SmackDown... Holds on to Daniel Bryan. I think they hold on to Jeff Hardy, I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff and Rollins at some point, fucking cool. I think that'd be awesome. We've never gotten Jeff Hardy and Seth Rollins at all. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Right. Um, Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. That could be a lot of fun. Daniel Bryan and Roman. Roman and Jeff Hardy. Um, Braun, I'd send his ass to Raw. Keith Lee could come to SmackDown. Matt Riddle, it also depends where he goes. We're not getting Rollins and Matt Riddle, I'll tell you that much. He yeah, said on the WWE Watch Along last night. Did you see that clip? I heard, I heard about it. I saw, I saw the clip real quick. 
It was like a 20 second clip, but he's yeah. like, I will never work with Matt Riddle. All right. So we're never getting Rollins and Matt Riddle, which would have been cool, but I guess we're not getting that match. You felt that, you felt that was uh, legit or? That was 100% legit because I don't think Rollins would say that unless like, he, it's not like he's saying, oh, I don't want to work with Ray now that I'm on SmackDown or like, mm-hmm. they, they, trust me, they don't say, they never say who they don't want to work with. Anyone I've ever talked to like in character and stuff, they've always say, oh, I want to work with this guy. They never say, I don't want to work with this person right. unless it's like an established feud. We know nothing about why Matt Riddle doesn't, why Seth Rollins doesn't like Matt Riddle outside of maybe the recent shit that came out about him. That, that's what I'm chalking it up to here. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good sign. But other than that, um, right. you know, Matt and Roman Reigns, did they do that? I don't know if Roman would be willing to work with Matt Riddle. <laughs> I don't exactly know, but we got to find out on Monday, I guess. Um, we got Bailey and Sasha on SmackDown. Uh, I didn't think the match was going to happen. I thought maybe some shenanigans would have happened before to to keep holding off. But they said, "Fuck it, we're going to go with Bailey and Sasha tonight for the for, for the title." Uh, mm-hmm. DQ finish, which is expected, and now we're going to get them both inside Hell in a Cell, which is something you said months ago. Like, I don't want them in the Hell in a Cell. Cause I know what they're going to do. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't going to wait to WrestleMania or the Rumble or whatever. They, they're going now, which they could have a match later on. At the Rumble, all WrestleMania. This is probably part one of many. Uh, but seeing them last night, did you feel like okay? I I, I kind of we've been waiting for so long for this this rivalry to to go head to head, and now we got now mm-hmm. we got the match. I know I know it's on SmackDown, uh, and it's not much to critique. It just it, it's a DQ. But seeing that, were you happy to see them go at it on uh, SmackDown, knowing that this is not the, the end-all, be-all, and they're going to go at it again uh, for the title at Hell in a Cell? I just thought it was stupid. I know they did the match to set up Hell in a Cell, like you said. You don't fucking do that. You don't do... I know it's not the same thing, but you don't do the main event of WrestleMania on Raw a month earlier and then end it in a DQ. And I, I think there's a very good chance it was reported a couple of weeks ago, and I mm-hmm. believe it, that Sasha and Bailey's going to be going on last, as it should. I don't know. I know they didn't give away the whole match on the show last night. I just... At as, Mania? I don't know if it's been... Old, what'd you say? At Mania? That, that was what you heard? They'll, they'll go on last at Mania? No, no, at Hell in the Cell. Oh, Hell in the Cell. Okay. Yeah, I, I, this, this story ain't making it to WrestleMania, I can tell you right now. They're just going to have Sasha win the next pay-per-view, which... Whatever. Um... But at any rate, I think I just maybe it's the old school fan in me. I'm not really sure. I would rather see the birth, the first big encounter between two superstars on a pay per view. If it's of this caliber, if it's like a mid card feud, whatever. But like we've been waiting for this, as you mentioned, for four years now. They've had matches in that time. They had a couple matches against each other on Raw, like in 2016, 2017, maybe 2018. Mm-hmm. They've had some matches against each other here and there. But other than that, no major matches. Last night was for the championship. That was really dumb. I know they tried to do it to pop a rating or whatever. They already had the draft. They already had the Fiend versus Wyatt. They already had Big E versus Sheamus. There was no need to do that match last night. I thought that was really stupid. I didn't hate it because I'm just kind of like over it because it's WWE. Um, but I'm, I'm glad they didn't. I mean, I, honestly, I was worried when they did it last night after seeing like some of the moves they were making. I'm fucking worried that they're putting Bailey on Raw. And that, that's why they did the match last night. I'm thinking, that not that they will. I don't think they will. But I'm worried when I'm watching that last night, they're going to have Sasha win the title last night because Bailey's going to Raw on Monday. And they're just going to end the feud there, which would have been in just beyond stupid. So 
So it could have been way worse than it was last night. And I'm glad they didn't do that. And, they still yeah. could put Bailey on Raw, but I, I don't know if they're going to do that. I think for me, Nor should they? I think for me, what when they drafted Sasha to to SmackDown, I was like, oh, because now you know she's staying on the show. If let's say mm-hmm. she has a match with Bailey. And then let's say on Monday, Raw drafts Sasha. Now it's like, damn, Sasha got to wait. I mean, now now she can't get Bailey for, for for the SmackDown title. The only way that could happen is if she wins the Rumble. And mm-hmm. then say, you know what? I'm going after Bailey again. So now they're on the same show. Again, Bailey going to Raw wouldn't Bailey going to Raw would not make as much sense as Sasha going to Raw for the for the for the time being. So when you draft Sasha right away, I'm like, okay, well, you kind of just killed kill all that idea. Now it's like, all right, what if Sasha don't win at Hell in a Cell? Then what? Uh, does she does she wait to the Rumble and win the Rumble to go at Bailey again at WrestleMania? Uh, I don't know. That that's the only logical thing. Do you see Bailey losing at Hell in a Cell? At all? I do. I I mean, I I like the idea of having Bailey win mm-hmm. and then keeping the belt. I mean, I, I've been against this idea before. It really is more a matter of execution because it could go either way. You could keep the belt on Bailey, and it's like you drag out the Sasha storyline until WrestleMania. Right. But then it might reach a point where it's like, and it could also be great where they drag it out and it works. Old school booking wise, with the way WWE works now, with how many shows they do, how many hours of wrestling they do, we could get so sick of that fucking story by then. Like these these women were all over Raw and SmackDown for like six months this year, probably more than that. Um, to the point where I was like, I just told you, just get this shit over with already. I'm just so fucking beyond it. But now that they, after that attack, and they've already had Sasha come back, which was stupid. That attack was so brutal. They could have kept Sasha off the rest of the year, and I would have believed it. But they don't like to do that shit, especially with someone as big of a star as Sasha. So I don't have an issue with Sasha staying on SmackDown. I think that's the right call. If Bailey goes to Raw on Monday, then you know Sasha's winning. I mean, that's that was that's what would piss me off. Um, but yeah, I think Sasha staying on SmackDown is the right call. If you have her lose, you know she's going to win it at some point. Like, it, there's no question. She is winning that championship eventually. If it's not at Hell in the Cell, then it'll be at Survivor Series or TLC or the Rumble or Mania or whatever. It's going to happen inevitably. You can have these people on the same show after the feud is over and done with and not have them interact as long as there's other women to fill the void. You know, like before there really wasn't. Uh, I mean, I guess there was. They had Mandy Rose and Sonya. They were doing great work. Mandy's on uh, Mandy Rose is on Raw now. But Bianca's on SmackDown. If Sasha loses, you can have Sasha, or rather Bailey, face Bianca for the rest of the year. Or at least for a month or two. That's an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot who else SmackDown got with the women. I don't remember. I know Raw got a bunch of people. They got Asuka. They got Sheena, Nia, Naomi. Um, there's probably more I'm not thinking of. Mandy, Dana, they got actually a ton of women. Uh, SmackDown got a decent amount too, but either way, it depends who stays on SmackDown. They have, they have options. They have options as to what they can do. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Sasha winning the title is inevitable. It may not happen to the pay-per-view. I think it will because the Mandalorian comes out right after. The Mandalorian comes out like fucking five days later. Right. So it's going to happen inevitably. But I'm glad they did what they did. So we'll see what they do. And I think the match is going to be good. I'm just not a fan of how they're rushing the rivalry because it feels like any magic or any juice this thing had like a month ago, they've lost a lot of it in the last couple of weeks with what they've done um, with these two women. 
So I don't know what the you know what happened today with the supplemental draft. I know for the main draft last night we had SmackDown getting Roman, Seth, Sasha, Bianca, Jay Uso, Rey Mysterio, Dominic, Biggie, and Otis. Raw got Drew McIntyre, Oscar. The Hurt Business, uh, AJ, Naomi, Shayna, Nia, Ricochet, Mandy Rose, The Miz, Morrison, Kofi, Xavier, Dana Brooke, and Angel Garza. I mean, not many. I mean, I, you know, again, I think overall the, the picks mean sense. Like, I would, like, for example, I would have put Ricochet on SmackDown and Angel mm-hmm. Garza. I probably would have put him on the show. All the two, I would have moved Ricochet. Ricochet's been fucking dead in the water on Monday since he debuted for the most part. Ever since he lost the U.S. title over a year ago, the guy has done absolutely nothing on Raw, and I don't think they will. I mean, it doesn't even matter because they have the same writing teams for both shows, but it would have been a nice change for him, a nice reset. We didn't get that. Um, it really is all a matter of what they do on Monday because Monday more people are eligible. Right. They drafted some of the bigger guys last night. But I'm curious to see where Wyatt goes, where Kevin Owens goes, Braun, Jeff, Sammy, Bailey. Yeah, Keith Lee. Um, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, all those people. You know, those are some pretty notable names there. So I'm curious to see what they do. Um, So I'm I'm assuming NXT is not involved in this. No, they're not. So what I could see them doing is just calling people up after the draft. Right. I could absolutely see that happening. Um they didn't do that last year because they've already called up a bunch of people this year just at random. Mm-hmm. Like they called up Bianca after WrestleMania. They called up the Forgotten Sons after WrestleMania. Right. And then they called up Matt Riddle in the spring mm-hmm. in like June or so. And they also called up Keith Lee after SummerSlam. So it kind of feels like they're not really setting, like they're not sticking to a specific, like, oh, after WrestleMania, all these call ups. Like we haven't gotten that in a couple of years. So. I think if they wanted to bring someone up like a Rhea Ripley or a Velveteen Dream or something, then they would just show up in a couple of weeks. Like they, they've done that before with the shakeups and whatnot. So I could certainly see them doing that again in right. a couple of weeks or so. So aside from that, nothing else really popped popped the uh, on SmackDown, right? Nothing new uh, aside from the draft and a couple of matches and Sasha and Bailey, and we got the uh, KO and the Fiend at the end. Mm. Uh, nothing really else, right? Not really. I just thought it was a good show. I, I've enjoyed SmackDown by and large for the last couple of months, which I didn't think I would say a year ago because the show was shit on Fox for like the first six to eight months. It was really bad mm-hmm. uh, with nothing going on. You know, Goldberg beating The Fiend, the Roman and Baron Corbin bullshit was terrible. Uh, just a lot of whole fucking nothing on SmackDown. But they've been picking up the pace recently, not just for the draft stuff, but I like last night's show. They further the Sasha and Bailey stuff, not the way that I would have, mm-hmm. but... It further that, we got a title change. Um, the Biggie Sheamus match was excellent. That was the best part of the show. I thought that yeah, was a I great Paul's Can Anymore match. Mm. Really enjoyed that. Um, the Fiend and Owen stuff, I didn't love. People are going to fucking hate the no selling from The Fiend, and I get it. I totally get it. I didn't hate it. It just kind of is what it is. That's why you don't have The Fiend wrestle so often, because you're going to get matches like that where he just takes all this abuse, gets like shot in the head and then he just gets right back up because that's what the character is um so whatever but i like the show overall i'm looking forward to seeing what they do on raw and what they do going forward i think this is a real chance to shake up the shows and the shows could go right back to being dull in a month or two which is almost always the case but they have a chance here to shake them um, uh, shake some things up so we'll see what happens uh before i move on to AEW real quick uh so as of right now hell in a cell three matches all Hell in a Cell matches. Yes. Uh, Roman against Jey Uso in an I Quit match. Could be interesting. Drew McIntyre and Orton. 
and Bailey and Sasha. So you're getting three Hell in a Cell matches in one night. Third year they've done this. They did this with the first Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in 09, three mm-hmm. Cell matches, and they did it again at Hell in a Cell 2016 at the show that I was at in Boston. They had three Cell matches that night, too. Listen, mm-hmm. two is two is a lot. Three is fucking overkill. <laughs> the problem is that with these matches, because they've chosen to continue the feuds, they have to be cell matches. Bailey and Sasha, their first match, I mean, I guess last night was their first match. <laughs> with the story they've been telling, it, it kind of has to be a cell match. Mm-hmm. It's weird to have the match on the show and not be a cell match. And that should be the main event anyway. You have Orton and, and Drew. That is going on for so long, it has to be a cell match. They should have just moved the fuck on from that because I just don't care anymore, but they're still doing it. And Roman and Jay, because they're doing that again. Honestly, though, that doesn't really have to be a Hell in a Cell match. They could have just made that an I Quit match. The more I think about it, that's kind of pointless because the I Quit match stipulation was added Mm -hmm. last night. I like that a lot. That makes sense. The Cell stipulation is a little silly now that I think about it. So Mm -hmm. they should have just gotten the, the, you know, they just should have just gotten rid of that. Whatever. Um, yeah, three is way too fucking much. We'll find out the rest of the card after the draft kind of takes place. And I feel like the draft rules won't really go into effect until after the pay-per-view because we got to see like feuds finish out. Right. Uh, honestly, honestly, I know he's not cleared, but like the Ray and, and Rollins shit would have made sense to blow off in the cell. Like in a tag team match or something True. with Murphy and Dominic. Yeah. That would have made more sense than like Ray and JB or Roman and J being in there because mm-hmm. they already have the I quit shit. Look, dude, Unforgiven 06, they had a Hell in a Cell match on that show with the McMahons and DX and a TLC match with Edge and John Cena. Exactly. So, like, you can have a show that has multiple stipulations. I know it's not Extreme Rules, Mm -hmm. but it beats the fuck out of having three Cell matches on the same show, which is complete overkill. Right. Um, So, we we embarked on the one-year anniversary for AEW Dynamite on TNT. I think uh, a week ago. Last Friday, yeah. Last Friday. So, real quick... um, you know, many fans are going to say they love it. It's okay. They hate it. Some are going to say that, you know, it changed the landscape of the sport. And, you know, again, the pandemic was not in their control. I do understand that. So the question I'm going to ask, I'm asking to you, for the stuff that was in their control, what did, what have you made of AEW Dynamite in its first year on TNT the pros, the cons, what they've done great, what they can still uh, work on, um, some of your, your, your best pay-per-views that, that you've seen, and stuff like that. I saw your tweet that you put up. I don't know if it was earlier this week or last week when you said, maybe it was last Friday. I think it might have been the exact anniversary. You had tweeted, we're one year out from Dynamite's debut. Did it really change the landscape? Remember, I think you quote tweeted like AEW itself. or No, no, maybe it was Bleacher Report. I don't know. You quote tweeted somebody and said, did it really change the landscape though or change the world or whatever? Yeah. That's a very interesting question because I could see it being argued both ways. It's not a definitive yes, but it's also not a definitive no. It did change the rans- landscape of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Not drastically. But how, because Graham? How? How? Tell me how. Having an alternative, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been a bust either, because right. they've either maintained their viewership, and I know they got 1.4 million viewers that first show. They haven't reached that number since, but I didn't expect them to. The way with, with the way TV works now in wrestling, and also the pandemic too, that's a factor, but not a huge factor. They've also gotten very close. They've reached over a million before. I think they reached over a million a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Without NXT, we know they can get to a million. 
Um, NXT is only there to take away from Dynamite. WWE's sole purpose with NXT being live on Wednesdays is to take away from Dynamite, which I think is so petty and stupid. They're not going to put them out of business. They've already signed a multi-year deal since Dynamite debuted a year ago. If Dynamite debuted and fucking failed and got only a couple hundred thousand viewers, they wouldn't have re-signed with TNT. They would have been like, this was a bust. We tried it. It didn't work. Moving on. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, though. So they're on TV for the next couple of years. We've seen a lot of people change companies. Yeah. These people would not be going there if it wasn't like, if they didn't have money and if they didn't have TV. A lot of people moved to TNA. TNA also, for as much shit as they did and how stupid you know, management decisions they made in years that followed, initially for the first five or six years, TNA was a real alternative to WWE. AEW may soon fall in that same category, and I hope they don't. But for the first year now, they've done some really, really good stuff. Mm -hmm. The Bucks have moved over. John Moxley was obviously a big get for them. He's their biggest star. Um, they have a lot of Cody. I mean, obviously, was already there yeah. anyway. So but. Let, let, let's count how many have gone from, you know, have changed I mean, companies. So you got. I mean, you look at. Yeah, yeah go ahead. You got, you got Ambrose, Moxley, Cody, Luke Harper, Brody Lee. Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Rusev. FTR. FTR. Jake Roberts. <laughs> Technically Jake Roberts. Uh, Serena Deeb was in WWE as a, as a uh, coach. Ty Conti was there in NXT. Okay. Um, that's eight. I could look up and down the roster. What'd you say? That's eight people so far. I mean, I could. I mean, let me pull up the roster. I could tell you exactly who moved over. Um, th there was a lot, though, especially this year. They've signed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Zack Ryder didn't sign with them, but he was there for a little while. Okay. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't count him just because he's not signed with them. Mm -hmm. um, let me see. Ba, 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 ba. Adam Page, no. Nope. Ba, ba, ba. Billy Gunn, I don't want to really count fucking Billy Gunn. Hey, but he's been Chris there, Jericho, right? obviously. What did you say? Yeah, Jericho, nine. So we count Jericho. Chris Jericho. Uh, swagger. Uh, swagger. Yep. Uh, Dustin Rhodes as well was another one. That's 11. Um, let's see. You already mentioned John Moxley. Yep. Lance Archer was in the company like 10 years ago. I wouldn't count him. Um, <laughs> you already mentioned Matt Hardy. Yep. It, it really is not as many as I, as I thought. Uh, Neville, but he was there from day one. I guess, you know, you can yeah. count him, I guess, even though he left, he 12. left WWE a couple of years ago. So um, got these are just, yeah. Um, Sean Spears obviously is another one. 13. And then for the women, it's not as many guys as I thought. For the women, it's even, it's obviously a lot less. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these women, aside from Serena Deeb and Ty Conti, I don't think any of these women were in WWE. I mean, Awesome Kong was for a cup of coffee. That was like 10 years ago. So, we so had, honestly, it's, yeah. it's not as many as I thought. Okay. Because they've signed so many people this year, but it's not as many WWE people as they thought. Like they signed Ricky Starks. He was an NWA guy. Eddie Kingston. NWA guy. Colt Cabana was a Ring of Honor guy. NWA guy. Mm -hmm. So they've signed a bunch of WWE people, but they're not, not they're not signing everyone under the sun. They didn't bring in Gallows and Anderson. They didn't bring in Kurt Hawkins. They didn't bring in No Way Jose. They're not giving everyone who got fired a job. They didn't bring in Kurt Angle. I don't think mm -hmm. Kurt Angle's going anywhere. Anymore. I think he still works with WWE to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but getting back to your original question, it offers an alternative. It's given a place for people to work. Because Jericho went there initially, it raised the stocks, not the stocks, but the contracts of everyone in WWE. Mm -hmm. Mojo Rawley's making hundreds of thousands of dollars for doing absolutely nothing. 
I mean, that, that's just the nature of the business right now. With WWE, they don't want anyone to go there, so they will, they are willing to offer these people, like the Revival, who I like, but are they worth $750,000? Absolutely fucking not. Absolutely not. Are they worth that amount of money? No, I don't know. I mean, only very few people are, I would say, in WWE or AEW right now. But at any rate... Um, it's just, a, it's just a real alternative. They have TV. They put on great matches. People are enjoying the product by and large. Is it perfect? No. Not from... not from. A, I, I, there's a lot of things I can complain about AEW. Probably more than some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been great. And they're only... They're just growing. They're just growing. They're, right. They have a second TV show on the way. Which feels like it kind of be... It could be like a SmackDown type thing. I don't know if they would do like a brand extension. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they would do that exact same thing. But having two shows will help because they have so much... T- now, honestly, I almost have too much talent now than they know, than they know what to do with. Um, so I think a second show is going to help out a lot in that respect. Is there a name for it yet? Oh, no. No. I mean, they announced that before the pandemic and then the pandemic happens. That kind of okay. put those plans on hold. Mm-hmm. Like Dark, it's not going to be Dark. Dark's a complete waste of time, I think. Right. Um but yeah, I think it, it, it has been a success. Uh, the ratings have not dramatically plummeted. Um, they've gotten a lot of goodwill. And um, you know, the ratings are better than NXT. And NXT is an established entity. I mean, it's it's been a WWE brand for almost 10 years now. AEW is a fresh new product. And it's not like, oh, let's check it out for a couple weeks and then right. we'll tune out. It's actually miraculous how AEW has managed to not only maintain their audience most weeks, but go up other weeks. Like You never see that now, ever. Um, I don't know if TNA ever did that. Other companies, definitely not. Not even WWE. Their ratings and audience continues to go down. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, they hardly ever improve nowadays. So, there is something to be said for that. I fucking hated when they first started the company, the whole change the world thing. Because yeah. they didn't yeah. change the world. They didn't change the world. <laughs> They're not going to take over WWE. That's not going to happen. I don't think they'll ever be the number one wrestling company. Tony Khan has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They're a big brand that has great exposure in TV and whatnot, but it's, they have, you know, they, their toys are selling very well. That's very impressive, but WWE is a media conglomerate. They own so much shit and so much money that they will never, ever go out of business. I think in one way or another, no matter how low those TV ratings get, I don't think WWE is going anywhere. Even if it means selling it to a different company like Disney or something or Netflix or whatever, right. Um, or NBC or something like that. It's not going anywhere. AEW will never beat them in that respect, Mm -hmm. but in terms of, quality and even their ratings their ratings are honestly not too far off from wwe's raws continue continue to plummet every single week they have maybe half the audience that raw does which is pretty impressive um they're not amazing numbers there is no real war there's no war going on it's not the monday night wars when this first started a year ago we expected this i mean i don't know if we expected it but they were playing it up it's like oh my god we're gonna slaughter each other they're only doing a couple hundred thousand viewers Mm -hmm. it's not a real war right um but it's a million and a half viewers there on Wednesdays combined between the two shows that wasn't there a year ago. So I think that's a, I think that's a big win for everyone involved. So who, oh, real quick, who, which was the better show for you? What was more watchable for you before the pandemic and now during the pandemic? Was it, was it Dynamite? Was it NXT? Who you, who you felt had the better show before pandemic and now during the pandemic? That's a good question. I'm glad you separated it between pre and post pandemic or mm-hmm. during pandemic. We're not going to be after that. We're not going to be over this thing for a while. I don't think, but, mm-hmm. um, because I did think early on NXT had some better shows like late 2019. I would say NXT was the better show. I remember more about NXT last year than I do about dynamite. 
like with Rhea Ripley's rise and uh, Finn Balor coming in and some of the stuff they were doing there. Amazing shit. Yeah, Amazing you know, shit. Adam Cole still being uh, champion for Mad Long, you know? Yeah, and he was champion for the better part of this year, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really feel like, and Dynamite shows are about the crowds, too, but I feel like even more so NXT. Mm-hmm. NXT is a great show still. very It's very good. I don't know if I would go great from week to week. Right. Um, but I would say it's it's definitely more watchable than Raw and SmackDown, at least in my opinion. SmackDown, maybe, but definitely Raw. The thing with NXT is that it really does rely on those audiences for the weekly shows at Full Sail, for the takeovers. It's just not the same. That, to me, is the biggest issue with NXT right now is the lack of audience. The directionlessness of some of the people there, they have a very good roster. But, like, Ciampa's not really doing anything. Gargano's been there for so long that he's done literally everything. They don't really know what to do with him from here. Adam Cole, I think it's high time. They moved on. They're kind of in a weird spot right now where they're not really... I don't know. The, the brand isn't really picking up any steam. Mm. That's the issue. And they still put out good content, but there's not like, oh man, I got to tune in every week. I got to see this one person or I got to get this or whatever. I don't really get that feeling right now. Whereas with Dynamite, they do have more people in the buildings, which they're able to do and whatever. Right. Um, that does help. But they just have some better stories right now, some better matches from week to week. And it's not all perfect. I thought TakeOver 31 blew all out out of the fucking water all out i didn't think it was that good at all i thought takeover 31 was amazing um but i think from week to week dynamite's the better show i think it has more of a must-see feel not just because it's the newer show but like the page and omega stuff i'm very interested to see what they do with that cody's the tnt champion has been a success so far they got ftr in the revival i'm sorry ftr and the young bucks kind of building in the background she has been a very good women's champion the women's division is still a big sore spot for them. They got to work on that. Mm. The tag team division is, you know, just jam packed right now. Um, MJF is very good. He's always one to watch. Jericho is always doing some pretty cool stuff. They're building up new people. There's a lot to like about AEW. There is a lot of stuff to like about NXT too. But in terms of just the pure energy of the two shows, I would say before the pandemic, NXT for me, which a lot of people might disagree, mm-hmm. was the better show. But I think post pandemic, Dynamite has been better. Yeah. I, I, I gotta watch Dynamite more. I, I tell you all, I tell you this all the time, Grant. I just don't be having time on Wednesdays to watch both Dynamite <laughs> yeah. and NXT. I might catch a little recap here and there just just to, just to see what's been going on. But if you're telling me it's been a better show during the pandemic, then I'm gonna try to do my best to check it out more. But yeah, I'm just surprised that you know seeing this going on for one year still you know still strong. Like my bottom line is, I want everybody to do well. Um. You know, it's never been a war to me. I've seen the real war, Raw Nitro. That was it. All this sharing nine hundred thousand yeah. viewers is not really a war. Uh, again, maybe if there was no pandemic, you might see a spike in numbers. You, we 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 just never know. Um, mm-hmm. But just to see both companies still putting out product and content during this time and doing the best they can with the the Thunderdome and 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 then you know. Daily's place in Florida and just doing whatever they can get to get fans in there. Um, I just want to commend them for that. I, you know, I was watching Dynamite for a little bit prior to the to the pandemic with the Jericho storyline. That was great. The Omega and mm-hmm. uh, Moxley, that was dope. Uh, had a few good pay-per-views here and there. Me as a fan in, in totality, it's just tough for me to watch 
every single week with no fans in the building. So that's, mm-hmm. that's been my problem. You know, can I can I overcome that? Yeah, uh, because there is no end in sight to everything. So hopefully they get back into arenas and stadiums and stuff like that. But um, I'm not an AEW hater. It just, you know, it takes me a while to watch the product. But uh, I think they've been doing a, a really good job since they started uh, a year ago. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think the product is just really good more often than not. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. I mean, the power rankings are ridiculously dumb when they just have, like, I don't know, they'll give random people title shots. They do tournaments a lot, which I like tournaments, but it's like, why do a tournament if you have power rankings? So, yeah. You know, they say wins and losses matter, and they do, but, like, then why are you just, I don't know, just, they go back and forth with a lot of stuff like that. Um the Orange Cassidy push has kind of had its moments. I feel like it kind of peaked a while ago. Um, the Jericho feud kind of died to death after a while. Um, the matches weren't that good. Moxley's been great, though. I'll tell you right fucking now, he's the biggest star they have. And they have a lot of good people. I think Adam Page is a, is a future top, top star. MJF is a future top, top star. Jungle Boy has potential. Ray Phoenix is very good. Darby Allen is awesome. Um, Brian Cage has been a good get for them. Uh, Lance Archer has been a good get for them. But... John Moxley. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose haters still out there, which I get. You know, I I talked to people who said you know he hasn't really changed at all. He kind of feels the same. He's underwhelmed in AEW. I feel like that's the minority though. Since he showed up in AEW, he's been booked to perfection, and he's also held his end up of the bargain very well. He's gone undefeated one on one. He's held the championship now for almost eight months. Um, he's had great matches. With Omega, he had a very good match with even Joey Janela when he first showed up, and Joey Janela really isn't that good, but they had a good match. Um, he had a very good match with Jericho, good matches with Darby Allen, Brody Lee, Brian Cage, MJF recently. The guy cuts great promos from week to week. People love him. He gets great reactions. Uh, he's just the star that he is the star now that he should have been in WWE four or five years ago, but they just never really capitalized off of that. But we're finally seeing it now in AEW, which is awesome. Um, Omega feels not as special as he should. They still need no. bigger stars outside of the elite. I will say that. Um, Adam Page is a future star. Omega is still great, but he needs to kind of turn heel or something. Cody's been awesome for them, but they got to start building up that next generation. I don't think Orange Cassidy's part of that group. He has a very limited shelf life with his gimmick, but again, the Jungle Boys, the Scorpio Skies, Darby Allens, the MGFs, those are the guys that are going to take that company into the next, into the future, I feel like. Those are the people they should be building up, and none of those guys have any prior WWE experience at all which I think is awesome. And Sammy Guevara is also great, though. And I think, real quick, last point, I think it's it's cool to know that, I could be wrong, help me out, that the Young Bucks were never tag champions in the first year, right? Nope, not at all. Omega was never world champion in the first year. Nope. Nor Cody Rhodes. No, I mean, I know, you know, Omega was tag team champion for a long time. Cody was TNT champion for a while. The main title, no. No, the main title's only been held by Jericho and Moxley. Jericho had a six-month run, and then Moxley's had an eight-month run. So they haven't played hot potato with it. I like the longer reigns if they make sense. Right. It's not like they're just changing. It's not like they're keeping the belt on someone for the sake of keeping the belt on him. Like, Moxley has is, is done great. Jericho is doing great as world champion. Not so much now, but yeah. when he was the champion, he was doing great work. So it's like at least they're putting the belt on someone, I think, that's like the best in the company at that moment, which is what it fucking should be. It shouldn't be like, oh, whoever we want to try to get over. Like, you got to get the people over, 
you got to get that person over and then put the belt on him. You can't get him over with the title run like a Jinder Mahal. There's my obligatory Jinder Mahal reference to the show. Stop um, picking on Jinder. Stop picking <laughs> on Jinder. Thank God he wasn't drafted last night. Who gives a shit? Hey, um, watch out. He might go to Raw now. He might go to Raw. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> I uh, think yeah, um, the, 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 one, the one thing that I is still dumb today and they're probably the, 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 the dumbest thing they've done storyline-wise. is AEW? Yeah, AEW is when Cody said, if I lose to Jericho, I can never compete for the world title again. And you do that within two months. No, that was dumb. They shouldn't have done that. Yeah. No. They, they could have just... I don't know. I just thought that was stupid. There's, there's a lot of things. I don't like the excess of factions. I'm not... I like factions, but they literally have like 10 oh, factions on the And that show. Dark Order? Oh, boy. Listen, I like Dark Order. They've grown on me. I've liked Dark Order. They're not booked very well. That, right. If you watch Being Elite, they're, the, the thing is, Being Elite isn't Dynamite. So they got to air stuff on, on the show that makes you care about this group on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. If you solely watch Dynamite, you won't give a fuck about them. Right. I, like the, I like the Dark Order. I like what they... I, honestly, I fucking hated them a year ago. They've grown on me. Inner Circle's just got to go. That, to me, is just a waste of time at this point. Mm-hmm. They're all losers. They've all fucking lost a ton this year. They just got to break up. Um... But yeah, I think the, the excess of factions, I'm just not a big fan of the Eddie Kingston stable to me is a waste of time. I like the Butcher and the Blade are in there. I don't give a fuck about the Butcher and the Blade. Um, they had the Nightmare Collective at one point. They got rid of that. Thank God, because that was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> Dude, that was bad. You know, I will that give credit terrible. to AEW though. If there is something that just isn't working and that they think that the fans won't like, they'll stop it. They just, they just end it or move on. Like yeah. the Nightmare Collective, they're like, listen, we fucked up. We thought it would be a good idea. We're just going to move on, and they did. So mm. thank God, because it was atrocious. <laughs> they haven't really had to do that a lot, which is nice, because they don't have a lot of bad ideas. So that's right. Good. So when when is the next big show? AEW. So well, anniversary shows on Wednesday. That's definitely going to be must watch. I'm very excited for that. They have four title matches. It's basically a mini pay per view. Right. The dumb thing about the show is they're calling it the anniversary show. The anniversary, as we established earlier, was last Friday. So why wouldn't you do it that week or this past week? I don't know. But they're doing the one-year anniversary show. <laughs> yeah, I don't, maybe maybe timing isn't their, isn't their forte, but they're doing it on Wednesday. And then I, I guess the Jericho 30-year celebration show was yeah. kind of what fucked it up. But anyway, they're doing that on Wednesday. And then Full Gear is their next pay-per-view on November 7th. So I don't. They have okay. nothing advertised for that so far because they just want to get to the anniversary show. Um, but most of the pay-per-views so far have been very good. They're very takeover-esque, where I haven't really seen a bad show. All Out was very underwhelming to me. I thought it was a good show, but it was just it dragged on for way too fucking long. I was mm. not a fan of it. But other than that, their pay per views have been very good overall. Right. So, and I will give them credit for that. So we got Full Gear coming up next month, and we have Halloween Havoc for NXT I was coming up. Just about to say, yeah, we had to mention Halloween That's Havoc right. before we winded down here. Yeah. I mean, I don't know so. who's fighting yet, but I saw the graphic. I'm like, oh, okay, they they finally went there. Finally, it's about time. They finally, they, listen, we've been we've been saying this. I mean, a lot of people have been saying this, but yep. we've been talking this art, uh, uh, Randy, on your show. I was talking. RJ, my friend the other day about mm-hmm. this. That's why I almost called you RJ. But um, yeah, we've been talking about this, Randy, for years now. Halloween Havoc. I mean, how do they not utilize Halloween Havoc? I mean, they fucking own the name. They haven't done it in 20 years since WCW went under. Exactly. They brought back, they, they brought back Starcade as a house show gimmick. The Great American Bash they used as a pay-per-view before using it as an NXT special a couple of months ago. War Games War is games. a takeover yeah. event. Why Why no Why no Halloween Havoc? Give me the fucking pumpkin. We know they have it in the warehouse somewhere. We know exactly, they fucking have right? it. 
So you know they're going to use the pumpkin because you can't do in your house and do the whole house setup, which was awesome, yeah. and then not do the pumpkin setup for NXT. If you're not going to do the pumpkin, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. But I think they will. Right. Shots of black card hosting. She's really good. She fits the theme of the whole Halloween thing awesomely well. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I like how they're using it as an NXT special. Mm-hmm. Um, could they use it as a pay-per-view? They could. Does Vince want to? Probably not. He doesn't yeah. care about WCW. He doesn't give a fuck. That's why Starcade is like a house show gimmick, whatever. Mm. But yeah, so I'm, I'm so happy it's back. They've announced nothing so far, but the show's not for another like two and a half, three weeks. So right. I get it. But I'm really excited for that because I love Halloween and I love Halloween Havoc and I'm so happy it's back for the first time in 20 years. Likewise. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what matches uh, transpire for Halloween Havoc. Uh, Graham Matthews, always appreciated. Bleacher Report, fan site at Daily DDT. On Twitter at Wrestle Ranch. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts and the Cruise Control podcast network now on youtube presented by red bull grandma man thank you thank you randy i'll talk to you next week all right man take it easy